At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is The Edge with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSIN, the sports betting network. Happy Friday football to you. We've got a, did I say Friday football? It's football Friday. Man, I'm all mixed up. I'm ready for the weekend. It's a little loose in here. You know what I mean? Unprofessional to get those two words in the incorrect order. But we got a lot to go over today. Wild card weekend is upon us. Excitement is in the air. Coming up in 30 minutes from now, Steve Mackinnon is going to be with us. Editor of Point Spread Weekly. A lot of good systems, trends, and things to go over for the wild card weekend and see what's going to stick and what's not going to stick when it comes to some of the trends for the first weekend of the postseason. And it is a football Friday. So that's where we're going to begin with some football wild card weekend. Got a lot of news around a lot of these contests to get to. Got some news that came out just as I was walking in as well. And that's actually where I wanted to begin because we do have, I would say, a relatively big, big news here. Actually, uh, we actually have some physically big news, too. The New England Patriots are going to be without their starting tackle. Yes, Isaiah Wynn did not make the trip for the New England Patriots. He will not play here against the Buffalo Bills. So, of course, as we know, uh, their backup, Justin Heron, who replaced him in that last contest against the Miami Dolphins, played a majority of those snaps, uh, was available, did play. So it looks like he's going to get the start there for the New England Patriots. So with that, we're now starting to see this shift for the Buffalo Bills. And I don't think it's just this news that has made this happen. You know, yesterday we were on the air, we discussed this, the fact that, you know, like, I, you know, I might be wavering like on the list of plays that I have for this weekend, which is three up to this point. Uh, the one that I am uh, slowly losing a little confidence in would be the New England Patriots, who are catching four and a half here against the Buffalo Bills. A lot of that has to do with Mac Jones, the way that he has played down the stretch. Uh, the fact that Josh Allen and his volatility, the high side of it at least, is extremely high. This injury doesn't help things at all in that round either, and the market is moving in that direction too. Looks like four and a half, not the best number you could have got at this point right now. There are fives that are sitting out there, including one over at Circus Sports, which is, as we've noted, right, a sharp book, a solid book who is not going to move on just anything. So now that you're up to five here for the New England Patriots, excuse me, uh, the Buffalo Bills against the New England Patriots, tells you a little something about where the market is. Now, we do have numbers, of course, as you see here, Josh Allen against the New England Patriots this season, specifically that last game, much better. But nothing, I, nothing to sneeze at, but also I don't think anything to take a lot out of, right? So if you look at it, and this is career, I should point out, seven games, 57.1% completion, 1,500 yards, 11 touchdowns, six interceptions, a QBR of 82.7, which is pretty good. Remember, QBR factors in what quarterbacks do on the ground as well with their legs. So uh, that's why that's a little higher, although the numbers don't really stick out to you in terms of what he's done against the Patriots in his career. And this season, the second matchup, much better than the first matchup in that windstorm in two. The thing that the Josh Allen and the New England Patriots have, man, or excuse me, and the Buffalo Bills have against the New England Patriots, 
Josh Allen is a runner is deadly. He, he is an extremely gifted athlete, as we know. A lot of those packages, when they run, designed runs for Josh Allen are going to make a really big difference. Made a big difference in that fourth and one. Remember in that last matchup against the New England Patriots, they had to convert a fourth and one, and they did so because Josh Allen went out and extended the play and converted it. So when you're looking at this overall, and the more I have looked at this matchup, and the more the market has put their hands on this matchup, this is now up to five in multiple spots. And again, as I mentioned, a sharp spot, including Circa. And I will say this, too. And I saw this post that I think it was on our VSIN Instagram account. I go to VSIN Live, all you kids out there. You can get on IG. Um, but it was uh, Warren Sharper who pointed this out, which is don't assume, and this is always something that we always talk about, right? Don't assume just because it's cold that it means that there's going to be a lower scoring game here, right? You know, cold doesn't necessarily affect anything. It is the wind, and I talked about this. I remember having a conversation at length the year that I got to go and travel out to New Jersey and do those shows with Lombardi, right, especially into those winter months, which was don't assume, right, just because it's cold that these games are going to go under the total. The wind affects all of that, and there's going to be some minimal wind here uh, between these two, not like the first matchup that we saw on Monday night. So uh, overall, when I'm looking at this, as I said, you know, I'm kind of getting a little hesitant to look at my side here. Because I do think that the Patriots, especially now with a little bit of a lesser offensive line, you're going to have to run the ball. How much does that alter the belief in Mac Jones? But we are starting to see the market pick up here and get to five across the board. All right. Other spots on the board in terms of wildcard weekend. Again, as I mentioned, there is some news uh, that is worth mentioning pretty much for all of these contests. Uh, But let's go to San Francisco and Dallas because this is an interesting one with a pair of offensive linemen that are at the center of the news here. And it's positive news for both offensive linemen on both sides. Trent Williams is expected to return from his elbow injury. Missed last week for the San Francisco 49ers and Tyron Smith is set to play this weekend as well for the Dallas Cowboys. Very big news of course against a uh, pass rushing front like the San Francisco 49ers have. So Dallas holding strong at three with a total of 51. Right, It depends on where you shop. Remember, spots like here at the South Point, they don't alter the juice so you're talking about three minus 110 on both sides so if you want to lay that three, you can come here and just lay the regular 110. Across the board right now, pretty much everywhere you look, you're talking about alter juice, whether it's minus 115 or minus 120 on the Dallas Cowboys side. And it does seem that when you're looking at the board overall, and this isn't surprising, uh, when you talk about a matchup like this, there's going to be heavily wagered on, and all these games are, but I would, I would venture a guess that this is going to be one of the more heavily wagered on contests this weekend. But you look at the money line side of things, and the uh, San Francisco 49ers are a very, very popular money line side. And it's not surprising, right? You're talking about in the range of about plus 145. Public bettors are going to come in and jump at a price like that. In a game like this, Dallas, I think the perception somewhat down as far as a team that could contend. We talk about the slump for the Dallas Cowboys here. And then on the flip side, you get a San Francisco team that is playing seemingly some of its best football at this point and a great comeback just last time we saw them against the Los Angeles Rams. So it's not surprising right now when you look at the board and you're talking about money line prices, you're talking about a little bit cheaper on the side of the underdog, which is like plus 130 is the shortest price you're seeing out there, plus 136. Uh, some spots in terms of the money line on the other side as high as $1.65. But overall, it's not surprising to see San Francisco I think kind of pop up as like this public underdog as we head into wildcard weekend, given the way that they have played as of late. And I've brought this up multiple times, you know, throughout the season, the market has had this respect for San Francisco that not necessarily has been given back to them in terms of results. But when you're talking about a team that has won four to five games to get into the tournament that has covered four out of those five games as well, you're going to get some support at the windows. And it does seem like this is going to be the case, but Dallas, I get it. We're talking about a slump. We're talking about a team that hasn't really played well on the offensive end. We're talking about a team that lost another wide receiver in Michael Gallup. But I think Dallas in a matchup like this against a lesser secondary 
the more I look at this one, the more I find myself gravitating toward the size of the home team here. I think San Francisco, and, and look, part of the reason, too, we should bring this up because I had this in my notes as well, Jimmy Garoppolo's been playing really good football, right? If you go down the stretch of contests in which he has played coming into this game, he's played some of his best games in these last few weeks. He's been taking care of the football for the most part, but I will tell you this. And this is the thing that worries me about the San Francisco 49ers outside of, you know, secondary being a little lesser taken on the Dallas Cowboys, which is, look at, let's look at, we talk about winning four out of five games, right? Jimmy Garoppolo, in terms of turnover-worthy plays in four out of his five games, two, two, didn't have any turnover-worthy plays against Atlanta, then had a combined six turnover-worthy plays against Tennessee and Los Angeles, three in both games. If you're going to put the ball in danger against a Cowboys team that is shown to be opportunistic in terms of forcing turnovers, it's going to be a problem, man. And I just don't know if I'm all there with Jimmy G. He has played very well down the stretch, but there's also a reason why they fall into a 17 to nothing hole against the Los Angeles Rams, right? So while they played extremely well down the stretch, get a big win over the Cincinnati Bengals in overtime, which is one of the best ones of those last four that we're talking about here. I still find myself looking at this overall and thinking San Francisco might be uh, the dreaded public underdog potentially. Uh, but I could be reading that wrong. And maybe I'm on the uh, public side and the public side has never won a bet ever. Uh, as we know, right? All right, move on from there. Big news for the Pittsburgh Steelers uh, taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City right now, 12.5 with a total of 46.5 across the board. Uh, this is not going back toward the Pittsburgh Steelers side. I'll just tell you that right now. Uh, but the big news here is that Najee Harris in danger of actually missing this game for the new, for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers here, right? He didn't practice uh, on Thursday, suffered an elbow injury last week of the season. Head coach Mike Tomlin said the team's planning to get Harris on the field for a Friday workout that'll, quote, give them more insight into his chances of playing. Also said, quote, uh, we're scheduled to work him tomorrow, so this is coming from yesterday, so we'll see what the reports say today. Uh, I think it's going to be telling for us, said Tomlin via the Pittsburgh Steelers website. And you also get the fact that right, their right guard was added to the injury report here, and it's just a poor matchup overall. You know, the Pittsburgh Steelers, we talk about, re like, uh, rep, right? If you ask anybody, I think, like, randomly, like, hey, what do you think of the Pittsburgh Steelers? Like, what's their strength? A lot of people are going to go straight to defense. When we've covered this before on this show, we're talking about the team that's in the mid-20s in terms of EPA per play defensively and a team that has just not played well defensively at all. And there's a reason why this matchup was so strong in favor of the Kansas City Chiefs and why not only they won that game 36-10 to 10 as a 10-point favorite, but why this opened up 11.5 and, and we immediately went to 12.5 and, and shows no signs of going back in the other direction, right? This is a really poor matchup for the Pittsburgh Steelers in that secondary. And then on top of that, an offense that really struggles and a guy who has such a high volume of touches and Najee Harris could potentially be unavailable – it seems like this is going to be a rough go here for the Pittsburgh Steelers yet again in what seems to be Ben Roethlisberger's swan song. But who knows? Maybe what's going to happen is the destiny will take over. The Pittsburgh Steelers will move on all the way to the Super Bowl and win one for the Gipper or Ben Roethlisberger. But I just don't think that's the case. I think that this is a brutal matchup for the Pittsburgh Steelers in that regard. Uh, last bit of news, and this focuses on the Monday night game between Arizona and Los Angeles. Uh, we get quite a bit of news here, and it's focused mainly on the Arizona Cardinals, but J.J. Watt is expected to play for Arizona. Monday was, quote, very limited in practice on Thursday. Other reports indicate that he's looked really good in practice, so tie those two things together and see what you want. But regardless, you're getting another solid guy along the front, it seems, for the Arizona Cardinals. And who knows how impactful he is, right? Haven't seen him for a while, and Coming right in to play a playoff game is going to be a little tough, but the Rams, four-point favorites, that's strong, a total of 49.5. Cardinals, though, it's not all positive news. Running back situation 
is a little, it's a little tough, right? They're a little banged up at this point. James Connors, uh, he's got, of course, a rib injury. They kept him out of practice on Thursday. Chase Edmonds is dealing with an injury, too. It does seem like Edmonds is going to play uh, regardless of what happens in terms of practice and limited or not limited. Uh, but you do want to know if James Conner is going to be out there, and that could be a problem there for Arizona. So J.J. White back. Maybe James Conner not going to be available for Arizona. But still, I go back to, again, kind of the uh, point we talked about when it comes to taking care of the football. Matthew Stafford and the inability to take care of the football, to me, makes the difference here. Last three games, nine turnover-worthy plays for Matthew Stafford, and there's a reason why they have struggled in all three of those contests. All right, with that, we have still plenty to get to in an update. Again, Steve Mackinnon is going to join us in about 15 minutes as we discuss some of the systems for Wild Card Weekend. We also have a lot to discuss, so we're going to sneak in a little association because uh, there's something going on in Memphis that is absolutely incredible. How about a team that is 21-4 and in the last 25 games? At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is the Edge on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. VSN has a great new offer to help make this your best betting year ever. Our all-new Big Game Big Dance Special provides VSN Plus all access to everything we do from now through April fifth for only sixty-nine dollars. Sign up now and get our best daily our daily best bet emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming big game in college hoops, betting guys, plus full access to vcin.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every game. It's one of the most exciting betting seasons of the year, so don't miss out on one of the best deals of the year. Visit vcin.com slash big deal to sign up today. All right. Before we transition over to uh, the association, we do have uh, one more thing to get to when it comes to Wild Card Week. Well, we have a lot more to get to with Wild Card Week, and Steve Mackin is going to be with us in a couple of minutes to discuss some of his systems when it comes to Wild Card Week and what we can look for. And also, essentially, uh, we'll call it a framework of a Super Bowl contender and a Super Bowl winner. Uh, there's a lot of boxes to check, and Steve Mackin has the profile and the breakdown of that. But we should note, too, when it comes to news and big deals for the playoff teams at this point right now, the Philadelphia Eagles got back running back Miles Sanders, and he's going to play in Sunday's wildcard playoff game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers despite having hand surgery less than three weeks ago. Buccaneers still an eight-and-a-half-point favorite with a total of 46. Nick Sirianni, head coach, said, quote, no limitations for Miles. He'll be our guy. 
So that's going to be a big deal, too, uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles as they come into this matchup. And as we know, the Eagles, top-ranked rushing offense in the National Football League in terms of yards per game, 159.7. Sanders, second on the team in rushing, 754 yards behind Jalen Hurts. Also a pretty good target out of the backfield, too. So as we've discussed, right, this is that matchup. These are two strengths kind of going at one another. It is one of the best running defenses in the National Football League statistically against one of the best rushing offenses in the National Football League. And how that meshes and how that wins out is going to be pretty fascinating in a game that looks like it's going to be marred by some rain. Uh, also, this is pretty cool, too. This is why it's like I like matchups like this when it comes to strength on strength and who's eventually going to win out. Because you're talking about, too, like if you look at it directionally, right? One of the things that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers do really well is, according to the Football Outsiders, one of the best in terms of defending runs in the middle, right? Middle and guard runs. And the Philadelphia Eagles, top 10 team in terms of runs in that area. But the Buccaneers have also kind of struggled in runs outside or on the ends. And the Philadelphia Eagles are in the tops in terms of those rushes as well. So, again, just the strength on strength, these little matchups here and there, and watching Philadelphia, maybe running away from the interior is going to be something we see, an adjustment there, more runs to the outside, where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers statistically have struggled this season. But we also have this difference right here, right, which is between the quarterbacks, and that's been a big reason for me why I, think, why I am on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and why I think they're going to cover Tom Brady picking apart that secondary. The numbers for this year, right, 5,300 yards, 43 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, but Hurts, and if they become one-dimensional, you have real questions about whether or not Hurts is going to be able to do that. We ran some of the numbers earlier this week in terms of Hurts play action, no play action, but you see there, 3,100 yards, 16 touchdowns, just nine interceptions. If he is forced to be a, uh, we'll call it one-dimensional quarterback and is forced to win these games just through the air, and if their play action game isn't really working, is this offense going to be able to operate? And I really have questions about that. But can't wait for it. But all these matchups on Wild Card Weekend are absolutely tremendous. And I cannot wait for watching them play out over the weekend. So with that, talking about being tremendous and talking about things that are absolutely insane, really quickly it is worth touching on after what we saw last night, uh, something in the association and some of the bigger games on the board here today, which are the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies last night, they go ahead and they win and they cover against the Minnesota Timberwolves to extend. So a lot of people are going to talk about the winning streak, but who cares about the winning streak? Memphis right now in their last 25 games, 21 and four straight up 19 and six against the spread. They are now third in the Western conference, the Memphis Grizzlies. It has been an insane run for Memphis, what they've been able to do. And over this stretch with a net rating of about 13, they're not even just winning these games. They're winning these games comfortably. And they have been Rock solid, man. Both ends of the floor. Third in offense. First in defense. Best offensive rebounding team in the NBA. Best defensive team in terms of forcing turnovers. One of the best teams offensively in transition off of turnovers. Everything has been absolutely uh, aces for the Memphis Grizzlies, who got that win yesterday over the Minnesota Timberwolves. So as we move forward here, you know they have a pretty good matchup because it's the second leg of a back-to-back for the Memphis Grizzlies. And you wonder when at some point this thing comes to an end, at least this run that they have been on right now. And they're taking on the Dallas Mavericks team who last time out against the New York Knicks did not go well, but the market is in on the Dallas Mavericks. You can't really blame them just given the situation for Memphis and how they've been playing. Uh, but Memphis down to a two-point favorite with a total of 218 tonight against the Dallas Mavericks in a really big matchup this evening. But what I kind of wanted to focus on really quickly, which is worth talking about, Golden State Warriors and the Chicago Bulls. This probably has, uh, I would say, out of all the games on the board, all right, the best game in the NBA tonight between two teams that are contenders in their respective conferences. But it's not gone well for the Golden State Warriors lately. How about last night? That was a no-sweater, huh? If you're in on Golden State, 
you know, you know, or excuse me, if you were in on Milwaukee, you laid one and a half, you laid two, whatever it was. Milwaukee went up by 30 in the first half. They had a 40 to 17 second quarter and ended up blowing out the Golden State Warriors 118 to 99. Well, see, that's incredible. I didn't even realize that. So here's the South Point. That came close to pick. So that, and that was, was a two-point spread at the open, got down to pick. Milwaukee never even sniffed not covering this game. Absolutely destroyed them. But this is kind of the big picture thing when it comes to the Golden State Warriors is that lately this team has been average. It's something that I brought up yesterday when talking about this game with VR. It's something I brought up when we talked about it at Best Bets, which was since losing that game to the Phoenix Suns, the Golden State Warriors have been an average team. And if you include that loss, this team is now 12-9 and in their last 21 games, the Golden State Warriors. They are 8-13 and against the spread in those contests, and their net rating just 1.1 or just outscoring opponents by 1.1 points every 100 possessions. And this coincides with a slump from Steph Curry that is actually kind of prolonged here. Uh, this is going beyond the games that they have played. So now they're taking on the Chicago Bulls. But here's the thing. The Bulls, there's a few things here. One, the market has moved heavily in favor of the Golden State Warriors. This morning, this number peaked at 4.5. Now this number is all the way down to 3. Pre-game total of about 225 at this point right now. But some of the interesting nuggets on both of these teams coming into this, and I think this is what gets me uh, and why I'm on the Golden State side here. If you go back to the last time you saw Chicago play against the uh, Brooklyn Nets, I think you're kind of surprised where you're looking at this and you're going, okay, well, it's a 47-10 run. It was kind of an aberration for the Chicago Bulls. It's a really good team. It's not going to happen again. But I just don't think that's actually the case. If you look at Chicago in their recent stretch of games, over the last 14, they're actually 23rd non-garbage time defensive efficiency quietly not been very good, especially when Alex Caruso uh, has been missing all of this time. Their defense has been so poor that despite the fact that they have the third best offense in the NBA over that stretch, they're barely outscoring opponents by less than a point per possession. So this actually might be offensively a get right spot for the Golden State Warriors who have not been playing very well on that end of the floor. And for a Warriors team that has Steph Curry, who has been shooting under 40% from the floor, now, not from three, but from the floor in this, in this um, stretch of games in which they have been inefficient. So, again, Warriors peaked at four and a half this morning, all the way down now to three. And in some shops, we're flashing some two and a halves in favor of the Chicago Bulls. Uh, it does seem pretty strong and, and kind of a strong overreaction to a beatdown at the hands of the Milwaukee Bucks last night. Golden State, I think, uh, is in a much better situation, albeit the second leg of a back-to-back tonight against the Chicago Bulls. And then last, uh, last one here for the NBA as we get back to the NFL with Steve Mackinnon on the other side. Philadelphia, 3.5 with a total of 207.5 against the Boston Celtics. Uh, this is pretty, for me at least, it does show a little bit of value here for Philadelphia. Remember, this year, home court advantage has equated out to be, to be worth two points, right? So if you factor that in, number here is telling us that Philadelphia is one and a half points better than the Boston Celtics. And it's just not something that, at least by my rankings, uh, that is accurate. I think these two teams are identical in terms of power rating with a like, very, very small difference in favor of the Philadelphia 76ers. But when you look at this matchup right now, I think what's quietly being missed amongst the, hey, Boston sucks in the fourth quarter and they blew that game to the New York Knicks, uh, which I was on them and I was jaded, um, in which they had a 25-point lead at one point in the first half, a 16-point lead at the break. They're actually 5-2 and two in their last seven games, and they've got a plus 8.9 net rating. Their offense has been really good, actually, for the Boston Celtics over this recent stretch of games. So while we remember all the negatives and the fact that it seems that Emi Odoka doesn't really have the greatest grasp on this team at this point, especially in the fourth quarter, as they're one of the worst teams in the NBA in net rating in the fourth quarter. This still seems like a matchup where these two teams are extremely evenly matched. We're talking about between these two, a split, an offensive rating of 102.1 for Philadelphia in the two games that they played against Boston up to this point. And 
a Celtics team that I think is being somewhat undervalued. One of the things that you want to see, though, whether or not Marcus Smart's going to play. I haven't checked the injury report in a couple of hours, see if that's been updated at all. But for me, it's key if, if Marcus Smart is going to play or not. Four games without Marcus Smart this year. They're 1-3 three straight up and against the spread. Net rating with him on the court is a positive. But when he's off the court, you're talking about a negative 0.8, which makes a difference for me, and especially in a matchup like this, where I think you're splitting hairs between two. And it does look like Marcus Smart has been listed out um, due to health and safety protocols. It looks like there was something in terms of a test, whatever it was, not going to play. So with that, gets me off of this, but... These are two tight teams, man, and I do wonder if uh, the market a little overzealous on a Philadelphia 76ers team that, yes, was 7-0 straight up and 6-1 against the spread in their previous seven before losing to the Charlotte Hornets, uh, but still just kind of riding on one dude and overall an inefficient offense that has been plaguing them throughout the entire season. Other than that, though, uh, there's not much on the NBA card. Hornets are, are still going strong. How about this? The Hornets, 15-4 ATS since December 1st, fourth-best offense in the league during that time. But if you look at all those contests, 16 of them, they have closed as underdogs, and they've actually been outscored per 100 possessions, despite the fact that they have covered 15 of 19 games. So I think you're kind of playing with fire with a 10.5-point spread. But last time they laid 10.5, they dropped 140 points and blew out the uh, Detroit Pistons, and I was on the wrong side there. All right, we'll come back. Let's get back to Wild Card Weekend. Steve Mackinan's going to join us, editor of Point Spread Weekly. We'll get his system, and we'll look at what makes a Super Bowl winner. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to vsin.com slash podcast. Get beating the book with Gail Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers. New episode out today. I get to talk with Drew Hill of the Daily Memphian. A big breakdown on the Memphis Grizzlies and how well they've been playing and John Moran MVP odds, much, much more, but a new edition of Hardwood Handicappers out now, plus other shows like the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, Coast to Coast Hoops, and many more. All free, available now at visa.com slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's welcome in Steve Mackinnon, the head honcho, the man, the myth, the legend behind Point Spread Weekly. Steve, so as a millennial, you know, I'm lazy, right? So, like, when I want to find your articles in Point Spread Weekly, I'll do Command F, and I'll just type in Steve Mackinnon so I can just go straight to all the times which you are mentioned, which will take me to all your articles. You are mentioned 34 times in this week's edition of Point Spread Weekly. Did you know that? I, I did not know that, but uh, I guess that's fantastic news. Oh, you are the editor, so I would expect. I was actually a little short considering you're the man in charge of it all. So, all right, let's talk about Wild Card Weekend before we get to some big picture stuff. And, you know, a lot of you'll hear a lot of these popular trends and systems as we enter Wild Card Weekend. Uh, the one that I think that I have heard the most here is the outright winners of these games in Wild Card Weekend. Take us through this and what we have seen in the past year. Yeah, this is uh, th this is actually the most uh, the, the biggest round to, to have your outright winners cover spreads out of any of the playoff rounds, and we'll see that as I continue this series with my playoff trends over the next uh, four weeks or so. Uh, Forty-eight, seven, and one against the spread, the outright winners. Uh, basically, telling you if you're interested in an underdog, you might. As I think I saw the things sprinkle the money line too. Yep, it makes sense, too. And what's been interesting as well is, and it's kind of been the same in every sport, but specifically the NFL, so home field has been worth pretty much nothing this year, and that has been the case now for the last few years. It's no longer worth that traditional field goal. And over the recent years, in terms of wildcard weekend, road teams have also been doing well, right? 
Yeah, I believe it's a 15 and three run uh, underdogs the same way. I mean, it, this has been a multi-year trend, obviously, with with the lack of home field advantage. And I think the lack of fans in the stands last year contributed a lot. And it's had a hard time reestablishing itself. Uh, we'll see if uh, if it can change maybe with the playoffs this year. Interestingly, uh, over the last 20 years, there's been three years where there's been home sweeps. They've been uh, 2007, 2012, 2017, five, five, five years. Does that mean we're due for 2022? Only if that pattern holds, but I wouldn't expect it. For you, because I'm, I'm big on data and everything like that, but with data, for me at least, you need a large enough sample size. What do you make of the, like with the road teams? We're only talking about four seasons in the grand scheme of things and not the biggest sample size. No, it isn't. I think it's a general uh if you want to look at the way the game has maybe evolved over the last few years where just home field advantage hasn't meant very much. And uh, I think, I think you have to consider that as you are uh, looking at each of the games for this weekend. All right, let's talk about then some, uh, some guys that are wet behind the ears because we have quite a few quarterbacks this weekend that are making their playoff debuts. A lot of young guys as well. Uh, But what do you make uh, a, what's the uh, number behind quarterbacks in their first playoff game? Okay, well, this is an interesting one because this actually uh, last year kind of went against the grain on this one. So, overall, quarterbacks in their first playoff game are just uh, 17 and 37 straight up, 17, 36 and 1 against the spread since 04. So, that's about a 33 or 32% cover rate for these first time quarterbacks. However, all three did cover last year. So, we'll see if there's a changing of it this week. Um, if you want to particularly look at it in games where it's a, maybe a tighter spread, that can be the difference being an experienced quarterback or a first-time quarterback in these maybe high-pressure games. Well, and speaking of high-pressure, right, to build on that as you look at point spread weekly here to, to add to that, right, in games with betting lines of three points or less, first-time quarterbacks just 521 straight up, 421 against the spread. So now we're talking about uh, or excuse me, against the spread. Uh, yeah, I said that right with three points or less. So those are tight games. Those are coin flip situations. You would assume like just situationally and just kind of assume like looking at it uh, from a broad side view, which is, you know, maybe young quarterbacks don't deal with these high pressure situations in tight games. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that's exactly the way to interpret this. That, that can be the difference. Uh, you look at maybe the two teams are equally competitive. The difference can be that quarterback position. And not only just first-time quarterbacks, but there are a lot of guys who are making their appearances in the first uh, for the first time in the postseason as head coaches. What do we see from these guys in the past? Now, that's been completely the opposite. Right. This, is a stra- this is a strange one to me. Eight and one straight up and against the spread run for a first-time head coach in playoff to, against an experienced uh, head coach. So, that's an interesting one to look at. The only one that lost there is um, Matt Nagy with the Bears uh, a few years ago against Philadelphia. But you got Nick Sirianni there. Uh, you got Cliff Kingsbury. Both those guys making their first uh, their first playoff game against an experienced coach. Now you also have the the Philadelphia or the Cincinnati and Las Vegas game that are going to cancel each other out there. Yep. But uh, I would keep an eye on Philadelphia and the Arizona games for that particular reason. Now, a lot of these games, they're pretty, from a number perspective, they're relatively tight, right? We have, uh, out of all of the games, only two of them that are over a touchdown at this point right now. And in the past, those games have been pretty lopsided, right, in terms of the teams that are favored by more than a touchdown? Yeah, this is the only area where I really found an advantage for a home team. And it's in when you get these bigger lines, uh, home favorites of a TD or more in the wild card round, 13-2 and two straight up, 
11 and 4 against the spread. They typically get it done. That's since 2005. Yep, and now we're talking about the Kansas City Chiefs who are 12.5-point favorites and, of course, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who are 8.5-point favorites. All right, before we move on from Wild Card Weekend, last few couple of nuggets, and you can find a lot more in Point Spread Weekly this week, so go ahead and check that out. Visa.com slash subscribe if you haven't already. Steve's done a great job putting these all together for you uh, in a nice, neat little package. You can take your your way through a lot of these. So in the NCAA tournament, seeding trends, right? They're a really big deal. 5-12 matchups, all those things. Have we seen anything emerge like that in the wild card round? The 3-6 matchup has been very, very interesting. So prior to uh, the, the, I guess you want to call it the 2021 expanded bracket, under the total was 15-0-1 in the 3-6 matchups in these playoffs. So uh, the two games last year did go over, so that it kind of maybe... Again, maybe a changing of the guard, if you will. But uh, the other thing to watch in that is the road teams are on a 7-1 and straight up and 8-0 spread run in the 6-3 matchup. So uh, you look at the two sixes uh, for this year and uh, uh, which games are those again? You're talking about the, uh, the, it would be the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots in the AFC. And then in the NFC, I believe that would be the, um, the uh, oh, Dallas. Yeah, the yeah. Dallas, yeah, the Cowboys yeah, yeah. and the uh, 49ers. Exactly. So keep an eye on those two games. The road teams have done very well. There's another trend too on divisional uh, divisional games where the road team does quite well in these, uh, if you want to call it third time matchups uh, in a season. So uh, another thing, maybe in the feather of the cap of the Patriots. All right, so, again, check all these trends out. There's much more for you to dive into in Points Spread Weekly this week, and there's plenty of time for you to get into it, too. And it's not just sides. There's a lot of total trends. Steve mentioned a couple there as well. Uh, So, again, Points Spread Weekly. Let's get to another one of your pieces this week, too, because I like stuff like this uh, when you're talking about, like, the shared traits of past champion teams, right? We see this a lot with NCAA tournament where it's like, all right, check all the boxes of these recent champions. What do you kind of need to have for a team to win an NCAA tournament? And so now you wrote about this this week in terms of shared traits behind these and some of the teams that fit these molds. So who are the teams and what are some of the trends that you're looking for among Super Bowl champions? Okay, so what I did here is I I went back to the last 20 years of of Super Bowl teams and uh, I looked at their statistics in a variety of categories and some of my power ratings and uh, other types of ratings that I've had on these teams at the conclusion of the regular season. And I went through the the numbers for each of the teams that are in the playoffs this year uh, and match them up to those characteristics of those past champions to see which teams might, if you want to call it, have the best resume of the current teams. And uh, as it stands, I, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at all kinds of things here, defensive stats, offensive stats, uh, time of possession stats, uh, turnover differential, all that kind of stuff. And uh, as it stands, Buffalo is the top team going into the playoffs as far as their characteristics of, matching past Super Bowl teams. Uh, Tampa Bay in the uh, NFC leads uh, that list. Yeah, like I've come, the more I've uh, kind of looked into Tampa Bay, even with the wide receiver issues, the more I've kind of come around on Tampa Bay maybe repeating in the NFC. One of the things, too, to discuss really quickly, our last minute, you added a couple categories, right, this year? Uh, yeah, so a few weeks ago, I was on the Lombardi line with uh, Michael and Dave Ross, and uh, Michael talked about how he, how important he felt the uh, third down conversion percentage was, the ability to to stay on the field offensively, get off the field defensively. So I went back and added that. Now, for next week, I'm actually going to go in and redo this again because the playoffs have changed over the last uh, 20 years. The last eight years have been favorite-oriented, favorite-dominated. 
Uh, before that, there was a string of wildcard teams getting to the Super Bowl. You didn't know who was going to win. So I'm going to go back and update this next year based upon the last eight years and see uh, maybe we can trim this down a little bit. Steve Mack, and again, editor of Point Spread Weekly. Check it out. A lot of good information in there, but specifically for Wild Card Weekend. Chock full of info. Steve, always good to talk to you, man. Thank you. Good luck this weekend. Yeah, appreciate it, JVT. We yep. will talk to you later. Yep, you got it. Again, Steve Mackinen, and make sure you check that out. Beeson.com slash subscribe, or for those who are already subscribers, you already have it, so make sure you read it. We'll come back, recap best bets, look ahead to the weekend that will be in the NFL. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. is the edge on VSN the sports betting network Welcome back. Best Bets brought to you by Zinn Nicotine Pouch. is a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray. No more spit cups. No batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zinn Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zinn America's number one nicotine pouch is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zinn. So head on over to Zinn.com find Locate a store near you at ZYN.com slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. All right, let's get to best bets. The weekend that will come for the NFL. Only three plays for me this coming weekend for wild card round. Get to them here. Uh, Buccaneers minus eight and a half against the Philadelphia Eagles. You know, as we talked about with Steve Mackinan in terms of some of these favorites having a lot of success in wild card weekend, the big favorites, right? Touchdown or more. The Buccaneers, I believe, in this mismatch here of their run defense against the running game of the Philadelphia Eagles. And if it is going to be a little bit more lopsided in terms of what the Eagles have to do offensively, again, to go through some of those numbers, which is leading the league in rushing play percentage, leading the league in rushing play percentage on first downs. If they're not able to generate success on early downs with this running game, leads you in a lot of these third and long situations and it leaves you with Jalen Hurts who throughout this season has I think shown to be statistically you know an average to below average passer I think it's going to be a relatively rough game and on the flip side a defense that gives up a lot to a offense that is going to throw the ball even in the rain and is going to be able to take of what it gives and then of course I think have success so Buccaneers might minus eight and a half against the Philadelphia Eagles Patriots plus four and a half against the Buffalo Bills beginning of the week this looked like a good number right went down to four pretty much everywhere looked like maybe we're going to get to three and a half 
half, but no, Isaiah Wynn's not going to play. And uh, this number, I don't know if it, it moved yesterday, so it's not really on the heels of this news. doesn't really help the New England Patriots. But we're up to five in a couple of shops, including, of course, uh, Circa, which is always telling. You, want to, you always want to find certain shops and see where they're moving because they're taking respected money and moving on respected money. And the fact that Circa's up to five tells you something, at least where the sharper minds are looking in terms of this matchup between the Bills and the Patriots. So confidence waning and the selection of the New England Patriots, and the Raiders and Bengals. This one, uh, you know, the confidence remains the same here, under 49. And the perception really is for this one, right? Hey, Joe Burrow and the Bengals, this offense has been incredible down the stretch. This Raiders team is not going to be able to stop this passing attack. But as you mentioned to do the numbers earlier this week, the Raiders, from what they do defensively, kind of actually have the setup to bother Joe Burrow, which is the ability to pressure with your four down linemen without sending extra guys. If you look at the Raiders and what they've done this year, they have the league leader in terms of pressures individually in Max Crosby between him and Yannick Ngakwe, 163 pressures between the two of them and the team that is blitzed the least this season. And when these two teams met here in Las Vegas, it was a low scoring affair going into the fourth quarter. They had 17 points scored in the final five minutes due to turnovers and explosive plays and meltdown pretty much by the Las Vegas Raiders. This is not a back-and-forth affair. And if you looked at the offensive philosophy in that game for Joe Burrow and the Bengals, it was actually a year high in terms of carries for Joe Mixon. In that game, he had 30 carries. They had to run the ball. They wanted to keep the pressure off of Burrow. And that game was not as explosive as one would think just looking at the final score. And I think we get the same thing here. I think the Bengals are going to be bothered by the way that they can bring pressure without blitzing guys. Burrow has not been good under pressure. He's been good against the blitz. Hasn't been good under pressure. And I think the Raiders are going to be able to do something here in terms of keeping this game underneath that total. And that's why, like, for me, in ter- instead of backing the Raiders, which this number opened six and a half, right? Now it's down to five and a half uh, across the board. I, I, part of me wanted to back the Raiders. I was kind of hoping it would get to seven and I would take that seven with Las Vegas. Obviously not the case with where this market has gone. So this is kind of a a faux way of kind of back in Las Vegas to a certain extent, because I do think that if the Raiders are going to cover this game, uh, they're going to have to keep that offense at bay, specifically not blitzing and allowing a guy like Jamar Chase to you know, find the little seams in that defense and take off. Because remember, like go back to that Kansas City game, for example, right? The Bengals had a lot of success, especially with those explosive plays from Jamar Chase, because Steve Spagnuolo and the Chiefs love the blitz, right? They're one of the top teams in terms of bringing the blitz, and they took advantage of it. And Joe Burrow loves to face the blitz. It's not going to be the case here against the Las Vegas Raiders. So under 49 and at least some positivity for me, a couple of 48 and a half popping back up on the market right now. Remember this total opened up 48. So we will expect that this is a low scoring affair. We'll play this back when it's like 45 to fifth, like, you know, 45 to 35 at the end of that game. But I do think that's going to be the case. And as far as these other games are concerned, right, you know, we haven't spread a a whole lot of time because we do have time uh, on Monday because this is going to be the Monday night game. On Rams and Cardinals, again, this is four with a total of 49 and a half. But the games this weekend, no real moves to touch on outside of the fact that the five and a halfs are out there for the Bengals. The fives are starting to appear for the Bills. Uh, eight and a half still across the board for Tampa Bay. Dallas looks like it's going to be on the verge of moving to three and a half. I'm really interested to see what the betting market does with the Dallas Cowboys this coming weekend. Because I find myself thinking that the side, the public side, is the public underdog of the San Francisco 49ers. We mentioned the support that uh, the markets are reportedly getting uh, in terms of the San Francisco money line play of a plus 140. It's getting hit heavy at a couple of books. Um, but I just think, you know, we t- 
we brought this up with Ben Brown earlier in the week, and I talked about this when it came to the Cardinals and Cowboys matchup, which was the market kind of swinging way too far in one direction, right? The market was so down on Arizona. They were 0-3 in those three games leading up to that Dallas contest. Gets way out of whack. That line gets up to as high as 6.5, if I remember correctly, in that game. Cardinals win that game outright. But when you're talking about the Cowboys here, maybe the market is now a little too low. Because Think about that. This is a Dallas Cowboys team that the market thought was six and a half points better on their home field than the Arizona Cardinals just three weeks ago. Now they're only laying three against the San Francisco 49ers. So it does seem like it's a little bit of a buy-low spot for the Dallas Cowboys. So I think by the time I reach uh, Sunday, just seeing what the market does with that number, probably find myself in some form or fashion on the Dallas Cowboys this weekend. And then KC and Pittsburgh, not much to say. You, I think if you've watched the show, you know how low I am on the Steelers, how bad they've been defensively, how underrated or how overrated. I think uh, it's been more perception about the Pittsburgh Steelers and their defense. And that guy right there, Ben Roethlisberger, uh, I guess NFL Network or the NFL came out with like this new advanced stat that they were doing, essentially like quarterback scores. And um, Ben Roethlisberger, not surprising, the worst quarterback in the playoffs at this point right now. So don't know if you're keeping much up uh, with Kansas City. Although I will say, like big picture for Kansas City, because we saw it, we mentioned it right against that against the Bengals, and that defense isn't fixed. And if all of a sudden you're starting to show those issues again, you could see it. But uh, ultimately, I think the matchup's too poor on the other end. All right, with that, we have a good weekend coming up. It is Wild Card Weekend, but wanted to touch really quickly on a couple of matchups in college basketball because we do have some really good ones that are going to be on tap on Saturday. And just look at some of the projected numbers and where we're going to ultimately see these things end up. Uh, but I wanted to start in the SEC because Tennessee is going to be taking on Kentucky. The Ken Palm line here, so I'll just throw that out because generally the market reflects these. So what you'll probably see something along the lines of uh, Kentucky minus five with a total of 140. 43. That's at least what the Ken Palm projection is at this point right now. Uh, but matchup for me here, this is going to be really fun to watch. So Tennessee offensively has been doing a pretty good job. Right now, 58th overall in offensive efficiency, according to Ken Palm's site. But how they match up with this Kentucky defense and the ability that they have, Tennessee, to keep Kentucky off of the glass is going to be massive here. But if you look, I think one of the things that has bothered me with Tennessee is haven't been great at shooting the ball, 32.1% as a team. And the, the things that kind of coincide with one another, Tennessee has not been getting to the free throw line. And when they do, they have not been shooting the ball well. They're only shooting 66% as a team at the free throw line. So I think when you look at this Kentucky 5 with a total of 143, what this means uh, for Kentucky defensively matching up with Tennessee offensively, that's the matchup that I want to see. And I'm really intrigued to see because I do think that Kentucky's uh, in a uh, relatively decent spot at home against the Volunteers coming off of back-to-back, -back, uh, we'll call them relatively comfortable wins after losing that uh, crazy game to LSU on the 4th. What was that, like two weeks ago now or 10 days ago, whatever it was. Next up, Big 10 or Big 12, excuse me, Kansas. You know, if you remember when we were talking about the season as a whole before we got started, you know, humans and I uh, were pretty big on the Kansas Jayhawks and um, what that means for Kansas in terms of this matchup here against West Virginia. West Virginia's been playing extremely well, 20th in terms of overall defensive efficiency. Uh, they have been great in terms of forcing turnovers. Kansas has had a small problem with the turnovers uh, overall this year. Not anything crazy, but 102nd in a turnover rate of 17.7%. You know, this is going to be something where I'm looking at Kansas, who has been kind of underwhelming throughout the season. You barely get by Iowa State. You lose that game to Texas Tech. Um, I, I'm really interested to see how Kansas looks in this matchup against West Virginia. Did I forget to do that? I'm gonna, I think I did, didn't I? Let's go to that really quickly. I'll mention that. Uh, since we're talking about basketball, of the professional variety, uh, best bet for the weekend, well, it's Friday, Warriors plus that four and a half against the Chicago Bulls. It, this was in the write-up this morning. It, again, you got to get on these numbers quick, man, because they move, especially if you're going to be on the right side. But if you're looking at this matchup, 
I think it's a get-right spot offensively for the Golden State Warriors. If you look at some of the defensive numbers for Chicago over the last 14 games, haven't been good, have not been good. And that's kind of what I expected from Chicago. Really good offensive team, but somewhat below average defensive team, and that has started to appear over the last 14 games. It might be surprising to back a team like Golden State coming off of a blowout, second leg of a back-to-back after what happened last night against Milwaukee. Uh, But seems like a much better situation for Golden State offensively to kind of get right a little bit and stay within an inflated number. Yeah, this number peaked at four and a half this morning before making its way back to the threes uh, that populate the board. All right, with that, we are all done. Remember, vston.com. Check out all the information we have in Point Spread Weekly. Steve Mackinnon and company do a fantastic job. If you're a trends better, Mackinnon's articles are absolutely fantastic for you to sift through and maybe find some angles and some heavy trends to wager on by the time we get to Saturday and Sunday in the National Football League. My guys in the desert, coming up next, make sure you check out vston.com and vston.com slash podcast. We've got a new episode of Hardwood Handicappers out today. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare.